Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. I want to tell you very plainly what I heard the Lord say to me this afternoon. To tell you, you will live. (laughs) That's good news, Pastor. Awesome. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're going to live. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, you will live. All right. Ezekiel 37 and uh, verse 14, while some are still turning there or getting there on their devices, I was with our... I was with four of our extensions last night in Seattle, and um, two, two or three Marshallese, maybe it was five extensions, two or three Marshallese extensions, uh, as well as our church that's in Renton, Washington, as well as Tillicum, Washington, and uh, went with Pastor Ann there, and we had all kinds of uh, food, and uh, had a banquet, and I preached to them. Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected, talked about Jesus being the Lamb, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. And it is astounding to me what God is doing around the world through our little church. It started on some little island of Maui, and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of extensions and thousands of people that are being impacted in, uh, in the nations as well as in this nation Ezekiel 37, and so they send their love and their greetings to you. Ezekiel 37, New International Version, starting in verse 1, we'll read through verse 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. How dry? Very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And he answers judiciously, I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. It's a good answer. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying there was a noise, a rattling sound and bones came together bone to bone and I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was, as was commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet a vast army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. 
They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we're cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, oh my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and I bring you up from them and I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Woo! Let's go. Father, thank you. For your presence, your word preaches all by itself. And God, we stand here as your people, as your a people, a covenant community of faith. We stand here, those online, those that will listen in the future. And I'm mindful, Lord, as I preach, that you, God, can use these lips of clay to bring about transformation and change. I'm mindful as your word goes forth, it doesn't return void. And I thank you, Lord, tonight that you're going to partner with us, that we will live and we will declare the glory of God and we will see your spirit touch the church and touch our lives and touch our family and touch our community. You are pouring out your spirit on all flesh. And Israel is coming home to the promised land as well. This prophetic word spoken, so powerful tonight. Have your way. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in your, in the, in your heavenly language, go ahead and do it. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, I wrestled with giving you notes and decided not to. So I uh, would hope that you would take notes yourself. I had the great honor and privilege of going to the promised land they're in Israel. How many of you know the promised land is wherever God calls you? But we went to Israel, the Holy Land, and we hiked all over, I think, a minimum of, of walking five miles a day, probably a maximum of 10. Uh, but that's a lot of walking. And for some of us, had blisters on blisters. And uh, we were grateful to, to have the joy of walking around and seeing all of these things. One of the places we went was called Masada. Masada is a very sad place. How many of you know about Masada, what Masada is? It's a, it's a, a stronghold. It's a fortress. And um, you can go and look up the history of it. It's, it's rather profound. A bunch of Jewish rebels rebelled against Rome and shut themselves into Masada. Masada had water cisterns. They had running water. They had, a, they had um, uh, food storage. They had a synagogue there. It is, uh, it's profound, but it's profoundly sad, and most Jews don't like the story of Masada, and as well as all those who understand the wickedness of what took place there, because what they did is they were standing for, standing for God and God's people. In the end, they all took their lives. It's like a Jim Jones sort of a story. Does anybody know the story of Jim Jones? It's kind of like that, and it's grievous. And we went there and went all the way up by, by tram and walked around the whole thing and, and saw these siege ramps. You know what a siege ramp is? Rome built a siege ramp to get over the walls. And they, 
when they got there, everybody was dead. It's a little bit of a mystery because uh, in the excavation, they can't find any bones. There's some unusual aspects about what happened there in Masada. But there they had a synagogue where they would go and worship on, on Sabbath, and they had a synagogue in the actual Masada. Now, I didn't know that. And the other thing that's profound to me is that while we were there, I read the plaque and heard from our tour guide that they found scrolls in the synagogue. Well, they found the scrolls, I think there was numerous ones, but some of them, Ezekiel 47 was found on a scroll inside the synagogue in Masada. And as I, as I heard that, I thought, man, that's like so profound to me. Because this is a prophetic word to God's people, and we'll get into it here a bit, to God's people that were trapped in Babylon, and they felt like they were in graves. And some of you feel like you're in a grave right now. Some of you feel like you're in a dead end and a hopeless situation. Oh, what could God do? What could he do? He can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. He can restore your life. He can heal your bones. He can touch you. He can help you. But Israel felt like there's no way out. How are we ever going to make it? How are we ever going to make it back? And they had false prophets telling them this and that. And God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and he brings his prophetic word, which is so profound. And we're going to look at it and apply it to our lives. It's a prophetic word about Israel returning as was prophesied by other prophets as well. So for that scroll to be in Masada, to me it was so profound. And as we left, I was pondering, I was like in shock. I don't know why I never read that anywhere, but to me it just was so powerful because we're standing in Israel that was made a nation. The prophetic word had come to pass. Do you understand what I'm saying? Israel's a nation. And to, to see people returning, it's called Aliyah, returning from all over, the, all over the world, the diaspora, the tribes that were scattered all over the world, they're returning to Israel. And it is, it's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing to me. And so we find out that the scroll is there, and I was just blown away by it. And as we were walking, walking out and about to take the tram down, I, my guide... I saw some people taking this zigzag trail. I mean, it's, I don't know what the altitude is, but it's up there. And I thought, oh, man, I would love to run down this. And she said, well, go ahead. I said, what? She said, well, if you want to, just get to the bus. I'm like, okay. And I took off running, and I ran down these switchbacks all the way down Masada and uh, almost broke my ankle, but I didn't, so praise God sprained it real good and declared healing. I got healed as I continued to run. There was, no, there was no time for a sprained ankle. We had to finish through and ran through all of these, these beautiful Jewish children, students that were there from schools on a, on a school trip to Masada and ended up running with a rabbi. And I told some of you in one of the previous services, ended up running with a rabbi and talking to him about Masada and what, what it meant to him. And he said, well... If you're a religious man, it's a disgrace. I said, well, I am a religious man. He said, then it's a disgrace. I said, right. And as he paused, he sent one of his students, I think, to run with us who had been studying Torah for three years 
And we got to talk to him about Isaiah 53 for a little bit. This is such a profound passage. Just look at the text. In previous chapters, uh, 8 through 11, this phrase, the hand of the Lord, and it's right there in verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me. At other times, again, chapter 8 through 11, the hand of the Lord comes on Ezekiel, and he brings him into this picture of the temple. It was like a supernatural vision, and God shows him the abominations of the temple. So it's this same supernatural hand of the Lord. That phrase is used in Scripture numerous times. Hand of the Lord. And this time he's brought into this encounter where there's this valley of dry bones. And I, I equate it loosely with our valley. I equate it loosely with our valley, this place where there's so many that are dead that need God. This place where there's this great battle. If you look at verse 9 with me. And he said, prophesy to the breath. There's this... Um, this dry bones, it, it, it's a picture, we'll, we'll talk about breath here in a moment, it's mentioned like 10 times out of 14 verses. Breath, ruah, spirit, wind, 10 times in 14 verses, rather profound. This, this army, a vast army is on top of the ground, and the bones are very dry. And Ezekiel was a priest. Are you all aware of that? He's a priest. And as a priest, you couldn't touch dead stuff. If you were, you would be defiled. And yet God tells him to walk through these bones. And again, to be bones on top. Can you imagine if someone died? I mean, we have, we have burial, uh, cultural things we do for burial. Some people want to get cremated. Some people want to get buried. There's, there's, well, there's laws regarding the dead and what you have to do here in Alaska. You have to bury the body within a certain period of time. You can't just let the body be on top of the ground. That's illegal. Do you know that? There's rules. Well, they had rules, but there were cultural rules based on, on the Lord's word, on the, on the word of the Lord and the law. So as a Jew, if you died, you can't stay on top of the ground and to be on top of the ground and be left there is the ultimate dishonor. There's no way. We have nothing in our culture that would relate to that. It's the ultimate dishonor. It's the ultimate curse. So it's not just one person that's on the ground. It's the whole army of Israel is basically on the ground. And they're all bones and they're cursed. It's an ultimate dishonor. It's a picture of judgment. It's a picture of God's judgment. And they had been there a long time. Very dry. Everybody say very dry. I had, you, I had you repeat that to try to bring your awareness when you're reading Scripture. It doesn't say very dry for no reason. It's very dry because it had been a long time. The key word in this passage is, is ruah. And that is uh, that's defined spirit, verse 1, verse 14 for you note takers. Breath, it's defined breath in verse 5, verse 6, verse 8, verse 10. It's wind. In verse 9, the New, the, New, the New Testament translation, the Greek, is pneuma. It's the word for spirit. Wow. And God asks him this question 
And I think he's asking you a question. I think he, I think he asked me and I answered it. I think he's eliciting faith from the prophet. You see, if, you, if all you do is stare at the dead bones and you look at what's impossible and you, you constantly rehearse how dry, how long, my family, this, my ex-wife, my, my ex-husband, my, oh, you don't know, you don't know what my father's like, you don't know what my mother's like, you don't know how much debt I have, you don't know. You don't, no, I don't know, but God knows, and I'm going to tell you that it does not matter. What, you could come from a long line of prostitutes and pimps. Oh, you don't know what my... doesn't matter. Listen, you get a new family when you come to Jesus. I said you get, you get a new family when you come to Jesus. It doesn't matter if you came from a long line of users and abusers. I'm sad for that. May you be healed, but you can start a new family tonight. You don't, have to, you don't have to stay in the place of defeat. You don't have to stay in the place of the curse. You don't have to stay in that place. You can rise up and change your circumstances. And I'm going to tie all this into New Testament understanding. Bones. Can these bones live? And the answer is emphatically, yes. Come on, somebody say, I can live. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you can live. He commands Ezekiel to prophesy. And this is so profound. You say, why, pastor? Because God could have done it all by himself. Why did he need Zeke? Which is short for Ezekiel. Why did he need him? What's the big deal? Why can't God, come on, can, can God just go, bam? And you'd have an army and they'd be filled and then would be like, rattling. You do it all by himself. He don't need you. Or does he? Does he need you? Well, he doesn't necessarily need you, but he's chosen. Listen, this ties into the New Testament understanding that we are to be co-laborers with Christ. There's connectivity. Come on, say there's connectivity. There's connectivity between heaven and earth. Try it again. There's connectivity between It's not just God coming and doing stuff. Listen, you need to shift your thinking about all of that. Come on, somebody say shift. Be careful the way you say that. You need to change the way you think. Because some of you think like, well, if the Lord wanted to just heal me, if he wanted to just heal me, he just come in and heal me. Yeah, that, that's true. He's sovereign, so he can come and do whatever he wants to. That's what sovereign is. Does what he wants, when he wants, to whoever he wants to. He's the king of kings. But he's mysteriously co-labors with us, partners with us. So literally, you could cripple the flow of heaven into the earth by not understanding your role in it. There is, say it again, there is connectivity between. There's a place that you and I have that fulfills the will of God. That's amazing to me. That's, you find that amazing? I find that amazing. Paul says to the. Galatians, you stupid Galatians. That's the amplified version. I think you say foolish. You, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? 
talks about who is it that, that heals among you. Talks about, there's, you know how the spirit, when the spirit moves, you know what he does? He uses people. That's not true. He can do, yes, that's, yes, he can do whatever he wants, Mr. Pharisee. But he chooses people. I've told you the story about um, Colton Wickamore Rotney. He had a visitation from Sally, who was an angel. It's a whole story. And this angel told him, God's method is a man. God's method is a man. So when God wants to lead his people out of Egypt, he raises up a Moses to flow through. And when Moses is done, he turns the baton over to Joshua. And when Joshua is done, he turns it over to another and on and on and on. Man always failing, man always blowing it. David with a man after, was a man after God's own heart, but he, but he committed sin with Bathsheba. He failed also over and over and over. And finally God said, that's it. I'm going to do it myself. And he sent and fulfilled the seed of the woman would come and crush the head of Satan, Jesus, the Messiah, to come and live inside your heart and my heart. God has called us. God has called you. God has called me to be a people that bring connectivity between heaven and earth. And if you don't understand your very important role, and you will not fulfill all that God wants for your life. Let's have a praise break. Feels a little intense in here. Amen, Pastor. Wow. I just, you know, some of you just want to, you know, eat baked beans and whistle and just hope it all works out. But, but if you don't learn to speak life, you don't learn to speak over your dead bones. You don't learn to, to prophesy. You don't learn to, to take authority over darkness and bring the will of God into your life. Then you'll stay on the valley floor, very dry and even drier, and you'll wonder where God is when he called you to stand up. Rise and shine. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise, shine and give God the glory, glory. Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory, children of the Lord. It's interesting, it comes from Isaiah. Rise and shine. The picture is, the picture is that there's light, like sunlight, going right over my head, but until I step up into it, it doesn't hit me. That's the picture. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I didn't like this at first because it meant I have some responsibility in seeing the dry bones coming together. We just want somebody to do it. Again, God could have snapped his fingers, but he chooses vessels like you. And look at this. He, he prophesies to the bones. He prophesies to the bones. Now, I'm pretty sure, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure bones don't have the ability to hear. Is that, where's Dr. David? Dr. David, do bones have the ability to hear? I, I, I think, I think, would you help me, doc, would you please come and give professional witness? Would you please come up, Dr. David? Dr. David Martin, we just love you. You're such a blessing. So, uh, professionally speaking, uh, well, I, you know, I know I can ask you this question. So you'll, 
you'll come up most likely with the right answer. Can you give us just a very uh, rudimentary way that hearing works? Like, how does that work? Sound goes into your ear hole. Sure. <laughs> How's that? So there's like three, three chambers. There's the outer part that the doctor looks in. There's an eardrum. Then in the middle ear, there's three bones. And then there's the inner ear where there's another membrane. There's actually two membranes there. And then once you get into the inner ear, you have the cochlea, which is the hearing element, and then the vestibule, which is your ability um, to know where your head's at in space. So if, your head, if the room is ever spinning, it's because the vestibular system is off. Anyways, that, is that what enough. you're looking for? Yeah, that's enough. Now, uh, let me, but let me ask you, let me ask you, uh, in, in Ezekiel 47, yes. I know you're serving back there and we just pulled you off your post, but in Ezekiel 47, these bones are all over the ground and the prophet comes and prophesies to the bones. Now, uh, professionally, your professional witness, can do bones have the ability to hear like that? Uh, yes, they, they can conduct vibrations, yes. It's the wrong answer. You can go back to your job. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> they don't hear like human beings, though. They, you can't tell them, okay, stand up now, and they have understanding. They, bones don't have a brain. Is that right? Very good. Praise God. I'm glad I got that right. Okay, so why would he say, <laughs> my God, I'm going to talk to you later. You're awesome. God bless you. Why would, what the heck? Let's have a praise break. Wow. <sighs> Getting the vibration and frequency. It's very interesting. Um. Heaven actually has a frequency. I'm just kind of open the can of worms right there. But traditionally speaking, bones don't have ear holes. Okay? So if you speak to a bone, it does not understand like you would understand me right now. And yet Jesus said also, turn there. Come on, turn there. Watch this. This is going to get good. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, have, the, have faith in God. In the actual, in the, lang in the original language, Greek, Koine Greek, have faith, the faith of God is actually what it's saying. It's not have faith in God, it's have the faith of God. Everybody say, have the faith of God. Okay, so there's a gift of faith, and uh, the Bible talks about that as one of the gifts of the Spirit as well. It's, it's how many of you know God's faith doesn't come by God's faith? doesn't come by hearing and hearing by his word. It's complete. Your faith, the kind of grows, grows by hearing and hearing by the word, correct? But there's a gift of faith where God can drop it into your heart. You can pray something and it happens. Bam. Have you ever had anybody here had that happen? You had a gift of faith hit you. You prayed and a day later, 30 seconds later, four days later, you just knew, whoop, well, that's it. And then you saw it manifested. That's the gift of faith, all right? So he says, Jesus says, in the book of Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, have, have the faith of God and speak to the mountain. Okay, I could bring doctor in, but he's not a geologist or whatever those mountain people are. 
Mountains also don't have ear holes. And they don't have brains. But they understand what, what I've affectionately called mountainese. I guess bones could then understand bonies. Inanimate objects understand faith. God uses you as a vessel to speak to things that don't normally, won't normally change. You have to speak to things. You speak to your body. You speak to your body. You tell it to shut up and line up with the word. You don't receive anything else. That's what I did at my ankle. I'm running down Masada. And I mean like running. And I'm, as I'm halfway, about halfway down maybe, I'm realizing this was not such a good idea because it's five times longer than I thought. My, my legs are burning going down. And I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, if I don't hurry up, then the whole bus has to wait for Pastor Daniel because he had a wild hair to run down Masada. So I step on it. I was running with another guy from the, from the other tour bus, and we're running together, and we we're pushing because we had to get down to the bottom and get to the bus before the tram could come back down. And so as we're pushing, I hit a rock. I twist my ankle. Thank God I had boots on, but, I mean, it hurt. And I just said, oh, no. I kept running, and I'm limping a little bit. I said, no, no, not today, Satan. Come on, somebody say, not today, Satan. Yeah, and it hurt. And honestly, it's almost 100% healed. Yeah, it's 100% healed. But man, I just kept running because I don't have time. I, I don't have time for cancer. I don't have time for disease. I don't, come on, you gotta get, you gotta get a Holy Ghost attitude and speak to the bones. Speak to the mountain. Speak to that thing. Everything understands faith. Don't you just sit there and let it roll over you. Start wringing your hands. And then get away from people that don't believe that bones and mountains can leer. Are you crazy right now? Nope. I have the mind of Christ. A spirit-filled word spoken through a spirit-filled person full of faith changes bones, changes mountains. A spirit-filled rhema word from God parts the sea, causes Peter to walk on the water. But that's for them. Well, it could be for you, too, if you'd quit bellyaching. And quit making excuses and build yourself up. Build up your most holy faith. And learn to take steps. Learn to speak it out. Well, it didn't work for my grandmother. What do you know what was going on with grandma? I mean, God bless her, but here you are. You guys getting anything? In Ephesians chapter 6 is a very profound passage of scripture. Ephesians 6 and verse 18 Listen closely. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Verse 19 now. Paul, writing the church in Ephesus, and for me. What does that mean? And for me. And pray for me. So Paul's asking for prayer. And for me that utterance may be given to me. Hmm. 
what do you mean, Paul? Utterance. Does anybody know what utterance means? Well, it means words. But in the context of what Paul's writing, he's not saying, Paul's not saying, you know, I got hit by a lot of rocks when I was outside of Lystra, and uh, I'm having some trouble with my speech. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, pray for all the saints. Pray for me also that utterance may be given. That utterance may be given me that I may open my mouth and to boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Leave the scripture up. What's the mystery of the gospel? The mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what the mystery is. Deity inside of humanity. That is the mystery. That God lives on the inside of you. Come on, raise a hand to heaven and say, God lives on the inside of me. That's right. If you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, then he doesn't live on the inside of you. He made you. You're in his image, but you're separated from God because of sin. And if that is the case, we can remedy that by the end of tonight's service. But what he's saying is pray for me that I may be given words. But it's not words, just words. It's words that are injected with the fire and the power of the Ruah, the Spirit, Spirit-filled words. See, my words coming out of my mouth right now are just not normal words. You can feel it. There's something in it. There's, there's a vibration. There's a, there's a something. There's an anointing. There's an enablement. There's an empowerment right now to break through the fog of your misunderstanding to get you to think that you're just some dog supposed to eat its vomit in the backyard. You're not. There's connectivity between heaven and earth. And you know who brings the connection? You spirit-filled people with a word from the Lord when you speak it and you take action. You can't raise the dead. You can't even tie your stinking shoelaces. Oh, but if words are given, you pray for me, pray for me this way, that when I would preach, it would be, there would be an injection of God's power. And that's what's happening right now. That's what's happening right now. And if you think in your mind that that's happening because I'm Pastor Daniel and blah, 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 God's called me for sure. But he's called you too. And so when your dog comes in with a broken nail or a limp, or you're facing a situation that you don't know what to do, get some Holy Spirit fire. Point your finger at that thing and, and begin to prophesy and declare the answer from God's word. What if I don't know what to prophesy? I don't know what the answer is. Well, then you need, that, 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 that's important. You got to get a word from God. Some bones, maybe they're not to be put, put back together. Do you, do you understand? Not everything's the will of God. You must do the will of God. Is it God's will that you're saved? Yes. Is it God's will that your family gets saved? Yes. Is it God's will that you live a blessed life? Yes. Is it God's will that you walk in divine health? Yes. So there's so many things we understand, but there are certain things that we don't... I have a situation that was birthed just the other day. I'm not quite sure. Maybe that's supposed to say dead. Till somebody learns a lesson. I don't know, you pray, you pray. So I don't know. Some of you want to help people and you don't realize by you helping them, you're being very codependent and you're bailing them out of a situation that God is trying to teach them. And there you are helping them, rescuing them. Maybe they need to lovingly fall on their face while you pray for them so they can get up and decide they don't like that. Let me, th let me think, I think I'm gonna live for Jesus. Good idea. Yeah, but if you constantly rescue, you know, Constantly rescue. I've seen babies that are held so much they're bow-legged. 
Actually, I don't know if that's true, but they were held a lot and they were bow-legged. But I assume <laughs> that being holding on to mom created the bow-leg. I have seen, I have seen babies that are not allowed to cry. Constantly picked up. I have seen children that are not allowed to crawl. They're carried everywhere. Did you know that crawling develops a brain, it helps your brain develop? Some of you, you're like, oh, that's what happened to me. Yeah, maybe. But, but God can change you. He used to prophesy to the breath. All right, very simply, let me wrap this up. God's speaking to us uh, just like he was speaking in Ezekiel's day. They were full of despair because of Babylon. That's why he talks about bring them out of the grave because that was the word that they were all sharing. We're in a grave. We're just here to die. And God's saying, not true. And you might be in a situation where you feel like you're left for dead. And if you're under the sound of my voice right now, I'm telling you right now, you can come on out of that thing. You can come on out of that grave. And we have some songs about that. Where's my worship people? We sang some other song. I, I want to sing that again, Minister Toby. Uh, not, not, the, not the come out of the grave one, but it is included in there. And it was a part of your set list. If you could figure that out, I'd appreciate it. Some of you feel like you're in a place that you're just, just you're cursed. And what are you going to do? Many people are cursed and they don't know they're cursed. I remember when I was awakened to the reality that I was cursed. The decisions I made, decisions my parents made, reinforced by my many decisions that I made, released a curse on my life. I'm talking years ago. When I remember being in a service, not really unlike this one, and I realized, so I, I, I don't have to have that anymore? That's right. Because Jesus became a curse for you. So you mean I, I can have divine health and I can, my, my, my mind can be restored? I can, I can, like what if I'm insane right now? Well, you can be straightened out. about your crazy uncle. Yeah, him too. What about my husband? Easy peasy. By faith. Alexander McLaren, a great Scottish expositor, writes this. Listen. We may have his I don't know the Scottish accent we may have as much of God as we will. That's Irish, I think. It's Celtic anyway, I'll go with it. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us to take all that we want. If a man is admitted into the bullion vault of the bank and told to help himself and only comes out with one cent, Whose fault is it that he's poor? Some of you got lost. I'll read it like a regular American. He wrote this. We can have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand. 
He bids us to take all that we want. And if a man is admitted into the safe that's filled with gold at the bank, and he's told to help himself, but he comes out with one cent, whose fault is that he's broke? And I'm gonna tell you whose fault it is. It's yours! Why are you so aggressive tonight? Because, because, well, I can't tell you exactly why, I, but I'll tell you partially. I've prayed for someone for decades, and I saw this evidence of a curse. That which I knew in my heart had taken place, I saw it. And it so grieved me that I thought, oh, what if they'd only come to Jesus? They were my enemy, by the way. Well, at least in their mind, not in mine. I don't have any enemies anymore. Enemies of Christ, God deals with them. I just stand, agree, pray, act right, live right, turn the other cheek. We were not against flesh and blood. Don't ever forget it. I was so grieved to see that, and I thought, oh, if somebody had only reached out, if they had only been born again. Oh, and I know that people did reach. And I don't know the whole story. I only see a piece of it. But it was, it was such a clear evidence of a curse. I just thought, oh, God. I started being reminded of this text and saying, God, turn it around. Lord, turn it around. Cause the dry bones to come together. God, I prophesy life. Prophesy life. Wherever you find yourself tonight in the closing moments of this service, you find yourself in a grave perhaps, and I'm going to tell you that most people, most, most believers live way below their God-given blood-bought right. They constantly have an argument about how God can't use them or how science has made the proof to them. Well, it's this genetic thing, and, and that's why. And God, God's outside of all that. He can change your genetics. It was a message of hope. It's a message of hope to Israel, and it's a message of hope to you. It's a message of hope to me. You're going to make it. You're going to live. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to live. I'm going to Come on, look at your neighbor again. Say, you're going to live. Come on, look at your other neighbor. Say, you're going to live. Oh, this is a prophetic picture of what Jesus would do. He takes out the heart of stone, puts in the heart of flesh. He gives us a new spirit. Lastly, my time is up. Lastly, it's a prophetic word, of course, to Israel that's taking place even as we speak. But it's a prophetic word to the church. To the church. It's a word to the church. Many places the church is dead. I'm talking dead. The Bible says in the Proverbs that if a man wanders out of the way of understanding, he'll rest in the congregation of the dead. There is a dead congregation. Is that this one? Absolutely, positively, no. It is not. I don't claim to have apprehended it, but forgetting that which lies behind, I, even go, I am never going back to the dead, dried up, pharisaical religion. I can't. I won't. That's the end of the story. 
Where are we? I have no idea. I just want to press on and press in and see God do amazing things. Not for me to judge his church, his body, his bride. Not for me to do that. But we'll judge things that need to be judged because judgment does come to the house of the Lord and you do need to call things out that are wrong. They had some demonized pastor. I'm not even going to defile you with the different things that they said and what they're doing. It's apostasy. You know what apostasy is? Apostasy is a military term for a man in the military that leaves and he runs away. He's, what is the word for that? AWOL. It's a, it's, a, it's a word for just going AWOL, apostasy. There's a great falling away that's taking place. They'll say that what we're saying is hate crimes. It's just going to get more intense, but the glory of God's going to get more intense too. There's connectivity between heaven and earth. Interesting, Ezekiel's used to prophesy. What are you going to prophesy? You prophesy the answer over your family. You prophesy the answer. You prophesy God's word. That utterance may be given you that when you speak, things change. There is no impossibilities. Only people that have grown in despair and hopeless. You come in agreement with impossibility, you're right. You can, you can bring connectivity to hell in your life too. That's how powerful you are. You line your mouth, you line your thoughts up with hell and you will have it manifested in your life. You'll have death, loss, anxiety, fear, accidents, injuries over and over and over and over again. Not me. I don't want to do that. I did that. That's no fun. No thanks. I'm going for life. I'm going for breath. I'm going for bone to bone, joint to joint, ligament and tendons. I'm going for skin. I'm going for the breath. I'm going for the army of God. I'm going. I'm going to believe God that he's going to bring others out. And there's an exceedingly vast army. There's an army that's rising in this hour. There's an army that's rising in this hour of history and is rising because there's a people who are saying enough is enough no more i'm gonna change my family i'm gonna change my life i'm gonna change my community i'm not sitting back and letting somebody dictate to me what's right or wrong i got it right here and i ain't gonna back off i'm not gonna shut up i'm not gonna stop i'm not gonna quit i'm gonna preach pray prophesy i'm gonna speak to the dry bones Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.